I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! The guns, the gadgets, the girls, all important ingredients for a Bond movie. Another essential part is the song. Many legends across different genres of music have tackled the Bond song to varying degrees of success. We are here to count down our top 10 Bond songs. Here's Neil, double O, with <laughs> some facts. Thank you very much, Pab. So here we go. Three Bond songs have won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Skyfall by Adele, Writings on the Wall by Sam Smith, and No Time to Die by Billie Eilish, with Writings on the Wall becoming the first Bond theme to reach number one in the UK singles chart. Based on the 1973 Bond film of the same name, Wings Live and Let Die was the first Bond theme song to be nominated for an Academy Award. Despite numerous celebrities signing up for the theme songs, only one singer had a cameo in the film, in 2002's Die Another Day, pop star Madonna sang both the title track of the same name and appeared as the fencing instructor named Verity. The iconic Tina Turner sang the theme song for 1995's GoldenEye. The song was actually written by Bono and The Edge from U2, who wanted to become involved after learning Turner would be doing the vocals. Known as the unofficial Queen of Bond, Welsh singer Shirley Basser is still the only singer who's sung more than one Bond theme song. During the recording of the theme song for 1965's Thunderball, singer Tom Jones was required to sing the title of the song repeatedly at a high range. Unfortunately for Jones, he held the last note of the song for so long, he ended up passing out in the recording studio. Duran Duran's theme song for the 1985 Bond flick of View to a Kill is still the only Bond song to have reached number one on the US charts, and it was also nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Original Song. The track Nobody Does It Better wasn't originally meant to be a Bond theme song. However, producers caught wind, loved it, and so the song was reworked to become the more 007 friendly. Adele's Skyfall, released in 2012, was not only one of the most 
commercially successful selling over 7 million copies and the first Bond song to sell over a million digital copies. (laughs) And finally, with new teeth. R&B legend Gladys Knight sang the theme song for 1989's Licence to Kill. Despite the song and film title, Knight was not comfortable with the idea of singing the word kill or imagery that depicted violence. Funnily enough, if you listen closely, it sounds as if she is saying licence to kit, kilt or kin rather than actually sing kill. Thank you, Agent 00. That's very nice of you to do that. Uh, Yes, we're here for top 10 Bond songs, and our guest has just flown in on his Union Jack parachute. It's uh, it's Scott from the Spy Hards podcast. Hello, finally. How are you, Agent Scott? Finally, yes, I'm. I'm very happy to be here. Finally, finally. Oh, I, I am sad I didn't get the double O O from Carry On Spying. <laughs> oh, well of, done. I, I would have liked that too. That's pretty good. Yeah. Glad, there can only be one. I mean, there's only one double O seven, isn't there? So what would you? You'd have to be double O O O maybe. Double O double O. I, I kind of like um, 00, I think six and a half from the uh, the Bollywood film your, For Your Height Only, where there's a, there's a short man playing Bond. So I'll go below six and a half. I think I'll have that. Wonderful, nice. wonderful. Well, you are an expert um, uh, as you joined us for our top 10 Bond movies, didn't you? Along with, uh, along with your uh, cohort, uh, uh, Cam. Uh, unfortunately, you can't make it with us tonight. So uh, you're... Uh, joining us on your own, which we're glad to have you, obviously. Mm. Um, The one thing I wanted to ask both of you, when I was doing the research uh, for this, I was looking also in the eras of Bond, as in for each Bond, what songs were available for those particular movies. Who do you think had the best songs for their movies? So, you know, with Roger Moore, George Lazenby obviously only had one. Uh, and the rest of them. So, Scott, with you first, who would you say had the, the biggest and best quality songs for the movies? Not necessarily what are the best movies. That's a really tough question because I think the answer that came to my mind, the person who I'm going to mention doesn't really factor all that much into my top 10. But I think it's Daniel Craig. If you look at the caliber of performer he has for his songs, I'm not necessarily they are the best of the songs, but from Adele to Chris Cornell to Jack White, Billie Eilish, Sam Smith, they are all top Grammy winning, Grammy win, Grammy winning. I need those teeth too. Do you have any? <laughs> yeah. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Pass them on. Grammy winning <laughs> artists, and that's not the same that can be said for some of the other the sort of. Uh, time periods that like Pierce Brosnan, for instance, has not got as much uh, credit there. Mm. So I'll go with Daniel Craig. It's, it's not my pick. It's not something I would reach for, but I think he wins that argument. Okay. Neil, what do you think? No, only because I grew up with him as Bond, I would have probably gone Roger Moore. Only, Literally only because it's the one that is so ingrained into my mind of seeing the movies at the cinema, you know, The Spy Who Loved Me and all of those. That, to me, is always resonates as the the best Bond themes. But I found it weird because, you know, when I read my facts and found out the facts that the last three Bond movies all won the Oscars for the songs, and I think those three songs are the weakest of any Bond song. Right. Worst. You know, the Sam Smith one is an abomination. I really don't like that song. The Adele one is as boring as Ditchwater. And and um, Billie Eilish just was Billie Eilish. It didn't sound like a Bond song. <laughs> 
I can't believe you <laughs> didn't go for the Jack White Alicia Keys if you're going to like uh, take a swipe at the Craig era there. That's that's the pits, I would say. I would say. Uh, yeah. I completely agree. That and mm. Sam Smith. I mean, uh, I I honestly can't even remember the Jack White Alicia Keys song. I no, don't know how that one went, and I don't really want to look. And, I think it's the mm. only Bond song to feature scatting. Uh, really? Mm. Oh my God. And Louis Armstrong did a Bond song, and there was no scatting in that one. He, he didn't feel the need, but exactly. at least yeah. Jack White felt the need yeah. for speed. I have to say, I think that Timothy Dalton had uh, only, there's only, was it two movies? Three. So The Gladdest Night three. and Two, wasn't it? And and The Living yeah. Daylights. I mean, they're mm. both great songs. Uh-huh. Although I have to say, yeah, yeah, no, I, I was going to give some away from you my top ten. You can't say then. too much, can you? Because <laughs> yeah, you don't want to give too much away. But I also agree with you a little bit, Neil. And I don't know whether it's an age thing. I don't know mm. whether it is because I feel that Roger Moore is my Bond, and some of the songs, not necessarily the people like Lulu sang "The Man with the Golden Gun." Not a massive Lulu fan, but that's a great tune. Mm. And the Spy Who Loved Me, uh, "A View to a Kill" as well. There's some great ones for that. So. But we'll find out. We'll find out. It's going to be interesting. I, I think we're going to have a lot of duplicates oh, here, nice. but maybe not as many as I thought we maybe. would. So, Scott, kick us off with your number 10 Bond song. I'll see if I can play them as we're doing it as well. Well, to give you a bit of a lead-in so you can maybe find the track and get yourself ready, I, I just it is interesting talking about context uh, from when we listen to these things because I, I was brought into the fold by Piers Brosnan. So my musical tastes are probably a little bit different to yourselves, being Roger Moore sort of brought up on on his films. Not You're a young whippersnapper, you see. That's what it is. <laughs> very very young at the age of thirty six. Yes, uh, that is young when you're young. fifty four, Scott. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that, that okay, I'll, I'll grant you that, sir. I'll grant you that. But yeah, so I, I I have a feeling our lists might be slightly different. This is probably where Cam would have come in handy because he was a, a Roger Moore baby too. He was brought up on sort of a View to a Kill mm. and things like that. Right, would have given us some balance there, but. Uh, no one cares about Cam's opinion. That's why you brought me here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, coming in at number 10, and speaking of the Pierce Brosnan era, it has to be Tina Turner's Goldeneye. All right, that's my number uh, seven. That's and that's my, my number four. That's your wow. number four. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I mean, for me, it's it's synonymous with his era. It's probably only one of his songs I ever go back to. It's the only one I don't necessarily skip. I'm not a big Shania Twain or Madonna fan. The garbage song is quite nice, but Goldeneye is, 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 is a bit larger than life. I would say in terms of bond songs, it transcends the bonds songs and becomes a good song that gets played on the radio. Even now. Mm. I yeah. agree. Yeah. It's, I think it was a great song. It, it was very catchy. The, when I can always remember it being released. Uh, the retailer I was working at the time had a, a sounds and video department, mm. and the song came out, and I kept playing it through when I was working on that that desk. And I still think it gro- it's still a cracking song, isn't it? It's well written, well sung. Yeah, it's a good song. I just I don't. I mean, I've never seen any documentaries about Bond songs, but I'm assuming there must be certain chords. Or chord changes that every Bond song has to have. Because every well, Bond song has those little motifs, don't they? And the little, the, the all, so you know it's a Bond song straight away. You know, whether it's the, like in this one, it's the ba-ba. You know, it's the, everyone's got that little moment in it. And then people like Bono and the Edge will then put their own little bit in it, I suppose, with the lyrics or whatever. But, but it's well, weird. 
to address what you just said there, actually, there's a fantastic documentary on Amazon Prime called The Sound of 007 that actually really goes into what happens and goes into making these songs. And there is definitely a Bond musical key. There's a Bond chord. There is a Bond set of notes that are his, basically in most of the tunes, not in all of them, but most of them. So he, oh, Scott's already earned his money. He's not getting well, any money, but he's... I, I, I trained in music theory, so that kind of Oh, well, there you go. Well, there you, are, then. you didn't make the documentary, did you, that's on Amazon? No, but uh, cheap plug. I did have a director on Spy Hards a couple of years ago, so you can check that uh, interview out whenever you'd like. There you oh, go. There you and are. the link to the podcast will be in the show notes, as it Highly normally is. That's a great one to start, and we've already got one that all three of us have got, so that's a good start. Uh, this could be the shortest podcast we've ever done because <laughs> everyone's got the same ones. Go on then, Neil. You're number 10. So it's Nancy Sinatra's You Only Live Twice. Um, I like these sort of songs um, that they do. Um, I mean, I, it was hard for me to choose because I'm not a great fan of a lot of the Bond songs. Um, some of them I find a bit dreary. Some of them I find a bit wet and they don't really do it for me. It was always the title sequence as a young teenage boy that was more appealing than the song. So it's taken me a while to grow back, but I like a bit of this sort of swing music, this sort of 60s era where you know it's from the 60s. Pastiche many times, but... And Nancy Sinatra's got a wonderful voice. Well, this is Millennium yeah. by Robbie Williams, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. The start I of that, 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 those string sounds, that's Millennium by Robbie Williams. I so in theory, I should real... like that, shouldn't you I? You should love that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Robbie, During my age, I knew, I knew it as the uh, Millennium first before I knew this. Yeah, right. that's showing my age. I didn't yeah. realise that until I just listened to it. Then I thought, oh my god, I've, I've picked the, I've pressed the wrong button. Oh no, it is. You only live twice. <laughs> it's Millennium yeah. by Robbie Williams. Have you, wow. have you never heard Millennium by Robbie Williams? I, I, Not in I a long time. Scott, can you pass those teeth over, yeah, please? Yeah, share, them them share them all around. <laughs> Jesus, can we, can we have some clearer dents on it in between, though, just to really like to sterilise? Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll sterilise them. Some well, way, as you but... know, I'm not the biggest Robbie fan, so it's been a long time since I've heard that song millennium i couldn't even tell you how it goes well well it goes just like the start of this song. yeah well obviously now hearing that but i wouldn't have been able to tell you if you'd have said to me sing millennium i'd have just been like well i didn't know so which which movie is you only that's i mean it's a sean connery bond isn't it it's the yeah. fifth sean connery bond the sixth bond film if you count casino royale 67 right and and what's the what's what say the the hook of that one what what famous scenes or stuff i'm trying to just place it bond goes to japan that's the best way to think about it. It's, yeah. it's, it's the racist one. It's the racist well, one, is it? It's where he gets, yeah, he gets disguised as a Japanese person. Right, right, okay. But it's the it. first time you see Blofeld properly played by Donald Pleasance. Mm. He has the cat, all that sort of stuff. It's And like there's the volcano lair. Like a lot of the sort of Bond motifs come out in this film. Right, right. Okay, I'm going to... And it's on Amazon little, as well. It is, they're all there. Yeah. And I will add a little bit of uh, context for it. Originally, it was offered to Frank Sinatra. Um, he said no. Uh, he would. He, he thinks it would be better for his his daughter. Hand it off to Nancy. That's how we get that. And at one point, Aretha Franklin was in contention to do wow. this. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, right. Wow. Different song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great one. Okay. You're all on your own with that one, though, Neil. You're all on your own yeah. with that one. Yeah, that's I'm enough. happy with that. I'll take that away with me. Absolutely. Okay, mine, uh, this one, mid-80s, uh, one of the biggest bands of the 80s. This is Duran Duran and A View to a Kill. Now, was was this, no, this wasn't Roger Moore's last Bond, was it? Yeah. It was. It yeah, was. His last one. 
Yeah, and you could, you could kind of, yeah, you could kind of tell, couldn't you? Because you could tell that the uh, stuntman was being used a hell of a lot more yeah, in that movie some, than any of the other ones. And some very ropey, um, well, I was going to say CGI. Bless Excuse you. me. Um, and, um, yeah, some very ropey back screen work in that one when they're at the Eiffel Tower and yeah. things. It looks yeah. awful. And that's Christopher Walken as well in this one, isn't it? Yeah, he, he was Tanya Roberts. That's right. That's right. I haven't seen this movie for a long, long time. Does it hold up, Scott? Uh, that's a toughie because it's not one of my favourites. I'd say no, it doesn't. And check out the age difference in Roger Moore and Tanya Roberts when they are in that shower because that's yeah. a big age gap there. It's uh, a bit of a weird one. It's, why, it's one of the reasons why Roger Moore wanted to step away is because of the age difference to his, mm. him and his sort of leading ladies. And they brought him back with a ton of money for this one. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think he goes out in style in many ways. It's very much winking at the camera as Roger does best. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. doesn't he? He has a bedroom scene with Grace Jones as well, doesn't he? In that one, I think certainly does. Oh, Roger, Roger by name and Roger <laughs> by nature. <laughs> we hate. I wonder if his riders will ever come out. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Okay, then, uh, Scott, your number nine, then please. Well, we're sticking to the 1980s, but we're moving a few years forward to 1989 with Gladys Knight and License to Kill. That's my number five. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Great uh, tune. Well, my fact was going to be the thing you mentioned about uh, you know, Gladys Knight not wanting to say the word kill, uh, but I just think this one's a bit of a belter. I know people will say it uh, basically uses a lot of the motifs from Goldfinger, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd never heard that thing about her. Not, I mean... It, don't do a Bond movie, a Bond song, if you're not going to say the word kill, especially if the movie is called License to Kill. What, what I don't understand what she was expecting. I'm, I'm not too sure on sort of the background there. I wonder if it might have been sort of religious or something like that. She didn't want to say those words. Completely understandable, but it's an absolute belter. Mm. And I've heard this one played live a couple of times, and it's fantastic. Really? I've got to say, A View to Kill is my number eight. Pat, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. Yeah, this is this is one of those ones that's got it's the it's the it's got a cracking chorus and it builds up to it. Mm. Um, but I, I can see what you mean. I'd never it hadn't occurred to me before how it goes into the, um, the Goldfinger. It sounds like that. It has that same kind of structure a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. like musically, there's a lot of similarities. Um, they but they they said it was a a loving nod even at the time. So it's not like they were saying, "Oh, this is completely new music." They they knew what they were doing. Mm. Yeah. But again, it's it's what a Bond song needs to be. It needs to be big, bold, brash, um, and and again, she's got an amazing voice, hasn't she? Just so you can't um, you can't fault her on that. That's a great one. I could listen to that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to listen to these afterwards as well. Okay, okay, that was your number nine, Scott. So Neil, your number nine. So I'm going to go back to the beginning of the 80s with Roger Moore and go for your eyes only with Sheena Easton. Okay. Now, I picked this because I can remember buying this as a seven-inch single. And I had the poster as well for some reason. I think I got it at Siren Cinema, Siren Sister Cinema, where they gave out these three where you unfolded the posters. And I had the, the classic with Bond with his legs open, pointing his gun like that from for your eyes only. So I, had to put, yeah, so I had to put this in. <laughs> And I still, when I re-listened to it, because I thought, I've got, I want to put that in, because obviously it was the first Bond song I ever bought. But I still think it's a lovely song, lovely ballad to this one. And I do love Sheena Easton's voice. And this was before she was corrupted by Prince. It, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
this one you can you can't i mean i don't even know if this is what it is but the start of the movie now would it have had women in like water or dancing yeah. is that what is yep. that what the, the start of it was yeah yeah i, I yeah i this should have been in my top 10 because it's a great tune Mm. It's it's a great karaoke track, I always think, with this one. It's a nice one, just uh, everyone sort of gets a lighter out at the end of the karaoke and just starts waving it from side <laughs> yeah. to side. It's got that sort of late 70s, early 80s Bond ballad thing they had going on for a while. Where yes, it's, like, absolutely. It, it's not necessarily got the punch of some of the other ones I'm sure we're going to mention, but it has like a lovely kind of warmth to it that I, I do mm. go back to. It's not one I picked, but it's still, it probably would have been like, 12 or 11 if i kept going i think it would have been exactly yeah. the same for me it's one of those ones that are just bubbling under the top 10 but she was um i mean she was a phenomenon wasn't she in the 80s yeah and well. then it was just weird how she she went from this um like the nine to five song not the dolly uh, parton sort of one like a, a home girl a girl a next door home, kind of yeah, thing to all Scottish of a sudden this girl. like this vamp glamour, yeah, that, that was puss. um part of the prince entourage it was crazy yeah, mm. fair play to her. Yeah. Okay, so that's your number nine. Um, I'm actually going for Goldfinger as my number nine. The Shirley Bassey. Is that your <laughs> my <laughs> number? That's my number eight. <laughs> okay, we are going to be racing through this one. <laughs> <laughs> we all have good taste in music. Spoilers. Everybody. We have, and I mean to be fair, there are well, well, what? How many Bond movies have there been? Twenty. Five or twenty-seven, depending yeah, so, on your interpretation. Yeah, so we've we've mm. got a short, a small amount, uh, you know, pool to sort of choose from, but um, I think considering there's only that, the quality of the songs of every single song, I'm going to say apart from something like "Writings on the Wall" and whatever, what was it, "The Quantum of Solace"? Was it called "The Quantum of Solace"? The no. Jack White song. Another way to die. That's it. Is that what it was called? Another yeah. way to die. I think those two were the two that you would say I would definitely just not put on a playlist, but all the other ones. Would you? Even the Billie Eilish one that I, is just as dreary well, as dog bollocks. I'll, I'll come to the Billie Eilish one a little bit later oh, on. Right. I, I quite Sorry. like that one. I, I love I that song. I think her, yeah. her vocal... See, the thing is, I heard her song that she did for Barbie, and for mm. me, that didn't work because this very delicate vocal and the way that she does her songs with her brother and that... But for a Bond song, it was going back to that 70s 80s ballad style it's, yeah it's, it, it, and i i would say like it it wasn't a song that necessarily worked for me when i first heard it released before the film came out but when i saw it with the credits it sort of rolled into the film it very worked. different experience it just worked especially with sort of the melancholy of that film yeah i think it was a nice touch that's yeah. just me and i i yeah I, I will come to it a little bit later on but um so let me just take that that Neil hasn't got Billie Eilish in the, the last one, two, three, <laughs> the last five uh, slots that you got available. I mean, I, I I admire what Billie Eilish does. I just wish she'd change it up a bit. It's the same song reconditioned all the bloody time to me, the way she sings, the way it's done. I just can't hear anything else but the song that she did before. And I'm just thinking, come on. I agree. I wanna... agree with that in the fact that the, the Bond song she did and the Barbie song were very were like interchangeable. Mm. They sounded very similar. And I just want Billie Eilish to impress me and do something different. Oh, dear. I bet she's... Well, I'm not asking much. <laughs> she'll, she'll be taking that note down right now, Neil. She yeah, will be. Impress, listen impress to this. Neil. Yeah, right. she'll be going, ah, oh, shit, Neil's just not impressing me at all. Her brother Phineas should be listening, because he writes them all, not fin her. Phineas, isn't it? Phineas, I don't it. know. Phineas? Phineas? 
Fish fingers. Findus <laughs> fish fingers. Let's move on, shall we? Let's move on. Okay, so that was my... Uh, was that my number nine? Well, we didn't really talk about Shirley, but you said Goldfinger, didn't you? Yes, sorry, yeah. So we didn't really talk about Shirley Bassey, and I must say, I love this lady's voice. There you are, Billie Eilish. Listen to Shirley Bassey. That's how you sing and not just whisper every fucking thing. Excuse me. <laughs> well, I mean, they're different singers. I'll, I'll jump to Billie Eilish's defence a second there. I think they're different vocal ranges and well, things yeah. like that. They they will sound different. But bringing it back to, to Dame Shirley Bassey, um, I had the pleasure of seeing her at the Royal Albert Hall last year for the Sound of 007 uh, concert. And she mm. sung this and uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Strangely, she skipped Moonraker. Um, there you go. Your, your mileage will vary with that song. But um, it was uh, astounding to see her sing it live. And uh, she hasn't missed a beat. Really? Yeah, that and, and how old is she? Watch. She's got to be 70, 70s? 70s, well, 80s, I would say yeah. now. She did the legends, didn't she, at Glastonbury only recently, a oh, couple really? of years ago or whatever. And she, yeah, she's still touring away. and stuff, doing yeah. bits and bobs. She's still going. So, you know, good for her. She, I know, yeah, playing. she sounded great. Powerhouse of a voice. Absolutely. And this is the thing we've said before. You've got people like Paul McCartney, whose voice is pretty shot now. Someone like yeah. John Bon Jovi, whose voice is pretty shot. But you've got someone like Tom Jones. Surely, maybe it's, maybe it's the Welsh gene. I don't know. Maybe they, you know, they, they build vocal cords differently. Uh, in Wales, maybe <laughs> I don't know. And and just a little a little bit of context, just for Goldfinger, it, this is the song that started it all. There is, of course, from Russia with Love from Matt Munro, and Doctor No had kind of a little track with it too. But Goldfinger is the one that, and Goldfinger itself is often heralded as like the blueprint of the Bond films. Mm. That also goes to the song I mentioned. You know, License to Kill apes on Goldfinger. A lot of them ape on Goldfinger because this is what sort of set the standard of a Bond song. So I'm glad Shirley Bassey is on the top ten. Yeah, it's yeah. that like screeching trumpet. I don't know what was the technical term for that kind of trumpet. That, that is there a technical let term? Me have Scott? A th- let me have a quick look. I think it's screeching trumpet. So I that's thought that, it was. That's the musical notation for it. They just write yeah, out yeah. screeching. And screeching. Like, ah. Yeah, they go. They go. Ah, yeah, ah. Goldfinger. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Scott, your number eight was Goldfinger. It was. Uh, Neil, your number eight was View to a Kill. Uh, So my number eight is We Have All the Time in the World by Louis Armstrong. Well, that's my number three. That's your number three. That is my number three as well. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, I only saw uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service for the first time about three or four years ago. Because it was that whole George Lazenby thing. Is oh, it's George Lazenby. He had one go at Bond. And I thought it was such a great movie. I thought it was like, and it shocked me. Like, A, how riveting it was. B, how heartbreaking it was. Mm. And just what a great movie it was. I was so surprised. Yeah, it's a good one. And, and to have this as the theme as well. I mean, I can't remember when we did our top 10 Bond movies, what number it was in my top 10, but I'm sure it was pretty high. Um, I couldn't, couldn't say any more about it, really. I mean, it's a great song from a great movie and a great yeah. Bond movie. They, well, they knew that they had to pull out the big guns with Honor Majesty's Secret Service because they knew they had a new actor in George Lazenby who had no work under his belt at all. He was a completely fresh actor, so they needed people like... Dame Diana Rigg to come in and really give a powerhouse performance and mm. John Barry comes in and gives one of his arguably still his best scores along with this song and mm. there's a reason why it's most recent film that for many is for many is the end of Bond 
uh, went back to this song. It chose of all of the 27 films to go back to On Her Majesty's Secret Service and reference this song. Mm. There's a reason for it. Yeah. And you've also got the joy of listening to Louis Armstrong. We, and I, I praised him lyrical before in another podcast, which you can hear if you go back. Um, yeah, I, I, I love this guy's voice. I find I've been a fan since my youth, um, like I said before, and I can just listen to his voice. He, he soothes you away, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, and it's just a great track, isn't it? Just, yeah. Just a great track. Yeah, I need to Trumpet watch it work again. you're hearing is just one of my favourite bits there. Yeah. That's not quite a screeching trumpet, is it, that one? No. I, I don't quite know what the technical term for that one is. Delightful trumpet. I yeah, there you are. You're right, there you go. Yeah. That's the one. Delightful I can have a quick trumpet. look in my book if you yeah. want. <laughs> No, yeah, Scott, Scott, Scott's an expert yeah. on music, Neil. I've got two <laughs> Bond books downstairs. I could actually pull it out and tell you more if you'd like. But yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, that's a great one. Okay, so uh, Scott, your number seven, then, please. Ah, the Living Daylights. Okay, that's my number six. Mm-hmm. Not on my list. I've been down. I I like Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, I like their other song, but there's something. It, instantly singable about this i love the late 80s tunes because i had license to kill on earlier as well um it just feels like my era of music late 80s early 90s is really what i quite dig and um something about it just a catchy tune it is funny that it is the last one that john barry did as a score and working with a heart frustrated to the point that it chose that he chose to leave bond because he didn't like working with them so much oh really yeah, that's the story behind it. He, they just didn't get on. There was a lot of toing and froing, and he was also kind of just done with the whole thing. But yeah, uh, Aha was the straw that broke the camel's back. Wow, wow! I I didn't realize that they were quite hard. They were hard to work for or work with. Well, because it's actually because they're um, I, I can't remember what country they're from. Does anyone know? What Norway. Country they're from? Norway. Norway. Yeah, they're Norwegian. Yeah. It must yeah. be a tran- translation thing because uh, it, it's Aha. It's actually a hard. Are hard to work with. Oh, so there very was a good. joke there I was building to, and it oh. didn't land, uh, which is worse because it was no, a translation was joke. And now good. I'm spelling it out. The trouble is, is you're, you you sound like you know everything. So we're taking it as facts, not as oh, jokes. No. You see, so that was, I'll remember that. That remember was really the rest of the no, but that was really good. That was really mm. good. If I had, if I was able to quickly get to my applause, I would give you applause for that. Oh. But maybe Scott, give us a little bit of that. Yeah. Then we'll know. His... I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll change I'll just your voice. Uh, 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 yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> really? Say no more. Say no more. Yeah. Say no yeah. more. But it is. I mean, it's a great tune. I feel it's very. It's a very. What you class? Like, well, what would that have been? Eighty-eight, maybe eighty-nine. It's eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Oh, so you're going into the mid to late eighties. Um, yeah, I, I've I've always liked Aha. Um, I'm not going to try and make it. See, now, is it aha or aha? Or does it depend on how posh you are? <laughs> aha. Aha. Is it aha? Yeah, it's that one. I think Perfect. it's aha. Yeah, I think it's aha. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like getting into Alan Partridge then, and we're yeah. not going to go down that route. Go on. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so that was uh, your number seven. Uh, my number seven was Goldeneye. So uh, back to you, Scott, then, for your number six. Number six, uh, we're going back a bit now to the early 70s uh, with Paul McCartney and Live and Let Die. uh, (laughs) I think it's one of the first ones that John Barry hadn't touched. It might be the first. Uh, Don't quote me on that, folks, and don't at me if I'm wrong. But uh, you had the Beatles composer come in and do the soundtrack for the film. I forget the 
George Martin. George Martin, thank you. I was thinking of Giles, that's his son. Uh, George Martin came in, did the soundtrack, and he got he called Paul and said, do you want to do a Bond song? And he's like, yeah, sure. The best story I have for this is they submitted this song to the producers, Harry Saltzman and Cubby Broccoli. And Harry Saltzman, at the end of the, the end, of the sort of meeting turned around and said well this is a great temp track when are we going to add the rest of it and Paul McCartney was like no no this is the song oh dear and they're like oh okay and then they just played it and that was right. what it was <laughs> wow you don't question Paul McCartney just post Beatles like a couple exactly. of years post Beatles yeah well yeah uh, I'll say some more about this a little bit later on I feel I feel like Neil might do as well <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> now, what I need to know. So, what year was this? Live and Let Die? 73. Yeah, 72, 73. So, 72. So, this is I mean, it's obviously Paul McCartney and Wings. Now, is this pre or post doing the Crossroads theme? Because he, because Wings did. Remember, like, Scott, you probably don't even know. Do you know what Crossroads is? The old uh, sitcom, sitcom uh, soap opera from, the, from ITV. It was. Early seventies, I, I think. It's not ringing, but I keep thinking I'm confusing it with Heartbeat in my head. Yeah, yeah, no, no this it... this was like if you remember Acorn Antiques on Victoria Wood, which you might even be too young for that. It was basically um, a studio based um, soap opera. soap opera with wobbly sets and terrible acting. But Wings did a version of their uh, theme tune, but like rocked it all up, and it was am- it was amazing. I'll put it on the video playlist for the uh, Patreon subscribers. And I'd, I think that was that would have been mid seventies. That would have been around. So have been, um, yeah, been after this. Mull of Kintyre, I would have thought. But yeah, they've done a Bond song and they've done a soap opera theme. I mean, he's greedy a bit, bastards. He's, well, he's a beetle, isn't he? He can do what he wants. He could do what he wants. If he wanted to fart the theme tune, he would probably be allowed to do it, wouldn't he? If you want a if you want a lesser Paul McCartney spy movie title track, go listen to his song "Spies Like Us." Spies like us. Spies like us. It's yeah, not a good yeah. song. Oh yeah, that I is a great that. tune. I bought that. I bought I that. Bought that. Okay, and the I have film two Spies Like very... Us fans here. I'll take it back. It's a great song. Great song. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, you're all right because the film wasn't great. It's not. It, it's it's that's the one with Doctor 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 Doctor, isn't it? That's, that's I think right. it is. Yeah, yeah. Chevy yeah. Chase and uh, uh, Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, wasn't yeah. It? Yeah, it wasn't great. I remember seeing that at the cinema and just thinking afterwards that wasn't great. That wasn't. It wasn't that funny. Yeah, I remember that movie. Ooh, ooh, what do you do? No one oh, else can dance like you. Everybody, come on. No, no? Okay. No. Right. We'll, we'll leave that one, shall we? Um, oh, I haven't thought about Spies Like Us for years. I'm going to have to listen to that. Yeah. Oh, Neil, your number six. Is Nobody Does It Better, Carly Simon from That's Spy Who. my number three. My number yeah. two. Yes. Go. Great, great song. Um, Carly Simon, what a voice. What a singer. But um, yeah, and it was the only. It was one. Well, it was in my facts, wasn't it, about it being one of the only ones, or is it the only one that wasn't named after the actual film or something? Uh, well, we have all the time in the world. That was another one. No, there's oh, a few yeah. of those. Another way to die is. Oh, uh, that's right. But yes, no, it was wasn't originally meant to be a Bond song. That's what I meant to say. From the facts, they they poached it off of that, and and changed it somewhat. But it's a great song, isn't it? It really is a good song. I mean, this, back this song is best played with Alan Partridge explaining it. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, stop it, you're getting Bond wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop getting Bond wrong. It, it's, um, I mean, it's no wonder it's my second. It's one I will go back to. It, I've, I've 
I think I've sung karaoke of the song before. Uh, not well, but I've tried. <laughs> I don't really have any factoids for it, but I think it was, it's become synonymous with Bond. Yeah. yeah. Track. Like it, it, it's never really been one that's broken further. Like Skyfall, for instance, is a track that has gone past the film and it's now just one that gets radio play. And Adele obviously is Adele. Mm. Whereas I think Carly Simon and Bond have sort of become quite synonymous with each other, especially with this song. And it's interesting that her mm. legacy is tied to this a little bit more than, say, Adele is with Skyfall. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, so... Oh, no. No, I've got it coming. It's okay. No, I was going to go into something then, but I thought, no, it's in my top ten, so I won't talk about it now. Okay, before we do anything else... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, let me get it right. It's this. Pop quiz, hot shot. Now, I don't think we did this when you were with us the first time, Scott, for the Bond movies. We're going to have a little bit of a quiz. Okay. Oh, no. Yes, we're going to have a little bit of a I quiz. feel I may lose this one. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? Well, so we're doing Bond break songs. tradition? <laughs> we're doing Bond songs. So it's, I'm going to give you some lyrics to a Bond song. You mm. need to tell me which Bond song it's from. Are we buzzing in? or is it Well, no, it's first, first one to first three. Uh, you okay. get to go, well, you get to choose, Scott, whether you want to go first or second. If you get it wrong, it goes over to your opponent. So it's the first one to three. So you can go first or second, Scott. What would you like to do? I think the host should always go first. So, uh, Neil, it's, it's down to you. It's down to okay. you. So here we go then, Neil. Are you ready? What does it matter to you? To you? I don't know why I said that. What does it matter to you? Is that the one Michael Caine sang, was it? What does it matter to you when you got a job to do? you got to do it well. you got to give the other fella hell. Uh, live and let die. 
It is. Well done. I'm going to try and throw you off if they're too easy. I'm yeah. going to try and, you know. All in the style of Michael Caine, please. All in the style. That wasn't supposed to be Michael Caine, Neil. Oh, that was, was I don't know what it was mm. supposed to be. Okay, Scott, here's yours. Mm. People like us know how to survive. There's no point in living if you can't feel alive. The world is not enough. Well done, Scott. It was the world is not enough. I, I, I got a bit of a sweat on there. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> where's, my, where's my credibility going? Uh, well, you're on this podcast. It's gone right down the pan. <laughs> Are you ready, Neil? Ready. Here we go. Number three. All right. Hold on tight now. It's down, down to the wire. Set your hopes up way too high. The living's in the way we die. You know my name? No. It is not. Scott has his hand up. The living daylights. It uh, is the living daylights. Well done. It wasn't in my top ten, so I didn't know. No, yeah. Well done. Yeah, so, Scott, for the win. Oh. Uh, bear with me on this one, because this is quite a long one. All I wanted was a sweet distraction for an hour or two. Had no intention to do the things we've done. Funny how it always goes with love. When you don't look, you find. But then we're two of a kind. We move as one. I, it's actually the first line that I had it. And then you said other words and then I've lost <laughs> then it you've completely. Lost it. Oh, I Say apologize. the first line again. All I wanted was a sweet distraction for an hour or two. I can see what you mean because that's the that's the hooky line. That yeah. is, yeah, yeah. Um, I it's actually like it's really annoying me because I know the film and I've forgotten the song title because I don't think it's named after the film. I think I might have to pass it back because if I say it, you're going to trigger the answer. Uh, you're right. You're I'm right. Playing the game here. You are. Right. Are you passing I'm, it? I'm passing. Pop quiz. Oh, wrong, wrong button. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Neil. Uh, I honestly don't know. So I'll guess. Uh, I really don't know. Um, the Tom Jones one. The Tom Jones one. Yeah. Can I see if I was right with the film at least? Yeah. Go on, then. Octopussy. It was Octopussy, yes. An all-time high. Oh, uh, yeah. We're an all-time high. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, Thank you, everyone. Is that Scott? No, it's Neil's go. Neil's yeah. go for this one. Are you ready? Yes. It's tense. A spider's touch. Such a cold. Finger beckons you to enter his web of sin. But don't go in! <laughs> I'm shit at lyrics. <laughs> Is that Goldeneye? No, I don't know. Over to you, Scott. Over to you, Scott, for the win. Run away with it. Goldfinger. It is Goldfinger. I have to. Uh, I did. I did run a couple of the lines together there for Neil just to, to throw me off. off. But no, yeah. well done. Well I done, got, Scott. I have got a couple more, so we'll just run through these. Just shout them out if you know them. Good game. Every good game. step of the way will find us with the cares of the world far behind us. Was it the one that Black Lace did? No, it wasn't. No, Black uh, Lace haven't done a Bond song. You only no. live twice. No, we have all oh. the time in the world. Well, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, right. You'll never know how I watched you from the shadows as a child. You'll never know how it feels to be the one who's left behind. Skypel. 
No. <laughs> Golden Eye. Golden Eye. Oh, there you go. The one that I saw. I've seen angels fall from blind, uh, blind, yeah, blinding heights, but you yourself are nothing so divine, just next in line. You know my name. Well done. That was very Michael Caine as well. There well then. You uh, know. Any my woman name. he wants, <laughs> he'll get, he will break any heart without regret. Oh, silence. Can I hear it one more time, please? I yes. feel like the pressure's on me to get these ones right. Yeah, do, <laughs> it is. do Scott. You, you are the no, expert. Uh, any woman no he wants, he'll clue. get. He will break any heart without regret. For your eyes only. No. I, I think I've gone to mush. Living daylights. Thunderball. Ah, oh. Yeah. And then the final one. Sigmund Freud. Analyze this. Analyze Madonna, this. Analyze this. Day. Yeah, you go. Madonna, Dino Day. Well done, Scott. Three to yes, one. Yes, well done, Scott. You definitely put Neil in his place there. So well done. Well done. Okay, so Scott, we need your number five now, please. Well, we mentioned her earlier, uh, but this is her other song I quite like, and it's Diamonds Are Forever by Dame Shirley Bassett. Okay. Bit of Dame oh, there Shirley. It there it is. Diamonds Are Forever. I have a, I have a fondness for Las Vegas that's gone back many years even it's where i met my co-host cam many moons ago um and i it just a film that puts me in the mood to go to vegas even though vegas is nothing like that anymore and i don't much like the film but i still like watching it for some reason and this song is just a wonderful teaser for a film full of madness okay i don't think i've ever seen diamonds are forever really no would you recommend that as a as a good Bond movie, or is it of its time? It's for my money. It's Connery's weakest. Oh right, okay. Um, but it's a great capsule of 1970s Las Vegas. It's um, yeah. It, it's definitely a time. It's a time portal back to a, a a previous form of America, and you know, it's Connery in his most relaxed performance. Let's say that. Right. Okay. Uh, what is that? Is that close to phoning it in? Do you mean or I'm being polite? Scottish. Well, the 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 accent's still there, but it's it's got some great guest performances. Jill St. John is great. Um, Lana Wood as uh, Plenty O'Toole, named after her father, perhaps, yeah. um, <laughs> is is fantastic. There's yes, there's a lot of that in there, but Connery's not the one to turn up for it. It's the other. It's the cast. Plus, you get uh, Blofeld played by. Um, Actor's name I'm Charles Gray, isn't it? Charles Gray, the uh, criminologist in Rocky Horror yeah. Picture Show. Right. Okay. Okay. I've never been to Vegas. Would you? Would you recommend it for someone that I can't trust myself on, like Western Supermare Pier on the uh, the fruit machines? Would you recommend somebody like that going to Vegas? If you cannot make it through the two uh, p coin drop thing without uh, losing a few hundred pounds, maybe don't go to Las Vegas right. or go with a set budget and then that's it. Because right. it yeah. will milk you for all your worth. Will it? But is it fun though? I can imagine that going to Vegas, Best. is it? It's 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 my home from home. And I'm not a big fan of sort of Americana or anything like that, but something about Las Vegas is, it's like this chasm is void of anything you want, anything you can desire, any time of the day, is available and i just mm. like that concept even though i don't really particularly use it i don't really drink and i don't really gamble so why do i go to las vegas i don't know but something about it just feels right really yeah i just don't think i could trust myself I another really business can. trip path 
No, I, I feel I'd either come back a millionaire oh. or dead. I just really feel it'd be the, one of the two hey. extremes. Well, we could make a movie out of it. Well, I'm sure we could. You could. I, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surviving. I'd be posthumous, of course. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely, yeah. it yeah. would. Um, okay, then, Neil, you're number five. So it is The World Is Not Enough by Garbage. I was a fan of Garbage in the 90s. Um, I love Shirley Manson's voice. I speak about voices a lot, but she does it. It was nice to see at that time, like more of an indie sort of band coming through and doing something a little bit different mm. to what you were used to. Um, and listening back, I thought, well, yeah, I still really like this song. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's got the element of indie underneath with the element of the classic Bond tropes, as we've talked about already. So... Yes, it's a good song, and I think it's not as appreciated as it should be. The mm. the story behind the lyric in the title, the, the world is not enough, but it's such a perfect place to start, is yeah. a fascinating one. Don Black, the lyricist on the, the, the song, and plenty of Bond songs, I believe that's a chap's name. Like just, I think his wife came up with it because he couldn't figure it out, and she just sort of threw it in, and that's like the hook of the whole song. Mm. Um, but Shirley loves the Bond films. She was uh, shocked that she was asked to even do it. And this is um, uh, David Arnold coming in. I think it's his first, it's his second score after Tomorrow Never Dies. But I think it's the first one where he really takes the reins and it's a wonderful score. And I think the song's great. It probably would have been in my top 15 had we had a couple more. Yeah. And a little fact about The World Is Not Enough. I, I was actually working for Motorola at the time mm. and they used the um, factory of Motorola where I was working as the Turkish oil refinery. So when I used to go to work every day, the front of it, they turned into the Turkish oil place with all the Turkish army, police, helicopters and everything. We had to obviously go around the back and go to work via the back. But the nice thing is that they um, they gave everybody for the inconvenience free tickets to go and see the movie on the opening week, wherever you wanted to go and see it. And they did a and a with some of the cast. Piers Brosnan wasn't in there, but Robert Carlyle was definitely in there. Sophie Marceau was definitely in there. But I mean, I was so far back. I couldn't hardly hear or see, but yeah, it was nice that they did that for us all. Anyway, they did, well, they did the Q and A in the factory, or yeah, well, in because in the factory they had a huge, almost like a theatre, this huge room that was like a dome, and they used to do a lot of seminars and stuff, and that, and they did the Q and A in there for the staff, so you could ask what you want. Wow. Nice touch. Very yeah. good. Very good. Is that is that factory still there? I don't think it is. is well, it? it is, but it's not Motorola anymore. Oh right, okay. it's still there. And and but then when we all went to watch the film, sort of the following week, we were all looking out for where we work, and you and it was a blink and you miss it, and there it went. Yeah, I was oh. trying to rack my brain at a big dome, trying to think where that comes. In oh no, no, film. that was inside. Um, the the factory itself has got a long tube on the top. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it was the oil, Turkish oil refinery, and they seemed to be filming for yonks, and then it was blinking, you miss it when it came up on the movie. It's, it's, right. always, it's always the way yeah. with these things. They, they, I remember like the all the rigmarole of when they filmed on the Thames for this one, and they used the Millennium Dome, one of the That's first right. to shoot on it and around it. And I remember a lot of like, news reports of Pierce Brosnan, very cold, driving around in like January on the Thames, mm. uh, taking dunks. Um, and uh, if you're a big fan of The World Is Not Enough, cheap plug, Denise Richards has been on our show. Oh. Just saying. Just saying. There you go. That's my second cheap plug. I have one more. <laughs> Good, yeah. <laughs> Christmas Jones, wasn't it? That was her name in that one? That's it. Doctor. Doctor. Put some mm. respect on it. Doctor, Doctor yes, Jones. come on. Yeah. Very good. Okay, uh, my number five was Licence to Kill by Gladys Knight. So we're back to you, Scott, for your number four. 
Number four, someone I've mentioned already, but uh, it's Adele with Skyfall. That's my number two. Mm, we're getting up there That's now. Yeah, number two. Yes, I I did a we did a deep dive on Skyfall a, a while back, and it, it struck me when I was doing the research that it was a really powerful moment for the UK in 2012. Like we had the Olympics. This was like the 50th anniversary of James Bond, and then obviously we had the Olympic opening ceremony. We had Bond jumping out the helicopter with the Queen, uh, supposedly, right. <laughs> um, along with the corgis, and yeah. that was just that was a a perfect moment in time and it felt like there was a bit of pride going on in the uk for what felt like the first time in my life certainly and i think it all tied in with this this film is still the biggest box office owner of of bond in its history unless you adjust for inflation um and this song is one of the best selling of the songs of uh in terms of retrospective sales skyfall is still one that gets radio play now and i adore it completely agree yeah i'm a i'm a big adele fan and I think her voice is perfectly, it perfectly fits a Bond theme. And these, again, like Neil said with the other ones, it has the, has the tropes that every Bond mm. song should have, builds beautifully and has a great chorus. Uh, and like I say, Adele's voice just is perfect for this, for this song. Um, I, I take it this is your number one then, Neil, is it? If you haven't got it. Absolutely. <laughs> You're not an Adele <laughs> fan, are you, Neil? Look, I appreciate her. Don't get me wrong. I think she's got a cracking voice, but she does nothing for me personally. I find her very boring. Mm. Um, her songs, I'm afraid, I find very boring. And there's a few artists that do that to me, and I've said them many times, different ones. But I appreciate what Adele can do, and I appreciate her voice. That's fair enough. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, that's a great one. Uh, so you're number four. That's my number two. Uh, Neil, Goldeneye is your number four. Certainly is. So my number four is uh, Billie Eilish and No Time to Die, which I'm sure is on here somewhere. Oh, no, because that was the newest one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll have to find it. For, but see, um, I I don't know a lot of Billie Eilish stuff. And the stuff that I've seen, the sort of more dancey stuff, if you want to call it is that. Again, Scott, is that the right technical term for certain kinds of music? Dancey stuff? Hang on, I'll just get me book. It's- yep. Is is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Dancey stuff. Dancey stuff. Um, I I can take it or leave it. That kind of stuff. But I love yeah. her kind of more, the, the slower, um, more fragile stuff. Um, Melodic. Yeah, Ocean Eyes. I think was one of the, one of her mm-hmm. like first songs. Beautiful stuff. And I think her voice really works with that well. And this one is just haunting. And like you said, Scott, the way it goes with the movie, with what happens in the movie. We never spoke. I don't think we spoke to you in regards to uh, No Time to Die. What were your thoughts? Spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen it. What were your thoughts about No Time to Die and and the demise of Bond? Well, I'm not one of these people that gets particularly hung up on the fact that Bond got blown up at the end because that's just Daniel Craig's Bond. Yeah, it doesn't invalidate what the other actors did in the past, nor will it invalidate what Bond will do in the future, as I'm sure he will, and he will return, as it says at the end of the film. Mm. Um. I, I, is it a is it a nice swan song to Daniel Craig's uh, tenure as Bond? I think so. Is it a great film? Maybe not. There's a lot of flaws in there. I think Rami Malek was not the right guy to play, play the villain. Um, I think I, I'm not sure about Bond having a kid, but you know, as an actor, did he get to explore the full range of Bond from one side to the other? Yes, and I think he was successful in doing so. So I think No Time to Die is a nice way of closing out. 
uh, Daniel Craig's era of Bond, and it's quite on sort of in tune with what he did before. Is it what some other people wanted? No, but is it more enjoyable than Spectre? Yes. Mm. Oh, for sure, Spectre was boring. Yeah, <laughs> just, it's just the the worst thing a Bond can be, which is, a Bond film can be, which is boring. Exactly. Yeah. Did you not find though with Daniel Craig, they went out in such a high with Casino Royale, the action moments following and subsequently just didn't seem great. They seemed too spread out in the movies. I mean, because, you know, Quantum of Solace had its action moments, but was just not a great movie. Skyfall had great moments, but they were very spread out, but they also became a long movie. Do you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it, whereas when you watch, like, even Pierce Brosnan bonds, the action, you're there to bond, for me, to see the action set pieces and the big moments and everything sure. like that. And they were missing quite a lot in the Daniel Craig era. Well, I think... If we're going to just jump into this for a second, just sort of looking at Daniel Craig era, I think it's a lot of it to do with the directors. Mm. Uh, you know, you get Martin Campbell to do your film. He's an action director. You look at the rest of his filmography. He loves a set piece. And yeah. their task was to give you the action James Bond. And that's what they mm. did with Casino Royale. But if you look at the team afterwards, Mark Forster is an indie director at best. Yeah. And he had a he had a script that was in pieces on his hands in the writer's track, so he couldn't do anything else with it. Then you get Sam Mendes, who is a very emotional, drama-driven director, and you get two dramatic films in a row. Um, and then Carrie Fukunaga is an, a horror director, yeah. uh, you know, originally. And you, you get some really good horror sequences. That start bit with Sapin's mask chasing down the young, um, uh, not Matilda, whoever the, the character's name is, it escapes me. But yeah, like they didn't have an action director again. They didn't have a John Glenn in the seat for the rest of mm. Daniel Craig's tenure. And maybe that would have been nice, because Daniel Craig was the action hero james bond he's the only one who ran through a wall yeah Yeah, exactly yeah yeah so where do you where do you see the future of of bond where do you how do you see it going now do you think it's going to be another reboot and start from the start and we see him or do you see him as a a seasoned spy it's a it's a loaded question because i think the people in charge don't know what to do with it right now either so i don't think anyone could really give it what should happen i can give you what i'd like to happen yeah what would you what would you like to happen then um i think it's due to go back i think we stop having it as this um bond is of the now i think you make it a period piece and you go back to where fleming was set you know 50s and or to some extent the 60s and you make bond make sense because the last sort of 10 20 years have had to sort of go through all these hoops to make bond be vital in the story and so all this cyber terrorism and things like this, but why is James Bond still, you know, something you need? Yeah. And the mm. films have to keep tackling this question. Get rid of that. Go back to the point before we had the internet. Go back to the point where we had megalomaniacal villains with nuclear weapons, and Bond can go there and you know meet some ladies and do some bits and bobs and defuse a bomb at the end of the day, and you know everyone's a winner. Mm. Go back to go back to Fleming, and that should always yeah. be your port call. Yeah, and also, also, I would add to that is stop putting a through story through it. Just have each movie as a separate story. They don't need to have this interlinking story. I don't think at all. Never used to have it really, and it's nice just standalone films. <clears throat> Did you th- do you think though, with the way that uh, everything it has to be PC now that we would never be able to go back to Fleming's Bond? I think you couldn't um, you couldn't adapt them. straight from the novel but then the bond films originally weren't adapted from the novel you take one that's you know as far back as from russia with love that's not a complete adaptation Mm. karen bay's character in the i'm getting very granular here i of course understand but like karen bay's character in from russia with love is not a nice person 
But in the film from Russia with Love, he's he's a charming guy that you instantly get on with. They've they've stripped out some of the more hateful parts of his character to make it more PC for 1963. Right. Um, so they've already been doing that. They've already been adapting them. So they, will it be that sort of skirt chasing stuff that we saw in the 60s? No. But if you examine those films, they had their problematic elements even then. So mm. it, it can be updated. I would say to people, if you are unsure if Bond can be relevant now in that sense, go and watch the OSS films, the French comedy OSS films. I know they're French, but they are subtitles and they're wonderful. All Bond pastiches in the last sort of 20 years where there's basically he's doing exactly what Bond did in the 60s, but without all of the sort of inflammatory stuff. And he's still chasing skirts and drinking martinis. Oh, really? Great films too. All three of them worth checking out. Okay. And what are they called once more? Oh, uh, the OSS, and then they have different titles. So it's OSS, yeah. uh, I forget them all, but they're definitely worth checking out. We can probably put a link to them on social media for people to find. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's three of them. They're probably going to do a fourth. They're basically like Austin Powers winking at the camera, but they're taking deadly serious. Right. Um, well, that would be fun to watch. They are, they are they're basically a modern... They're basically what Bond would look like now if they went back and did like a 60s film now. Yeah. Mm. And it, it, it just shows that it's viable. And the other one I'd mm. point out is The Man from Uncle, the Guy Ritchie 2015 film. Yeah. Again, it's skirt chasing. It's back in the 60s, the swinging 60s, but it is a Bond guy-esque, you know, Henry Cavill mm. going around and, and saving the world. Mm. It'd be very interesting if they did decide to start it and start it from the 60s. I think that'd be really interesting to do that. And fun. And fun. Something That's what they need to do yeah. is make them fun. Don't make them fun quite again. so heavy. Yeah. 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 I, had to, I had a discussion the other day just about that. The, the key is their fun, I think. is it, mm. you, know, you look at the, the amount of fans there are these days and the, the, the average age of a Bond fan seems to be getting older and older. And we're not bringing in new people. There's no GoldenEye video game equivalents anymore. Like mm. That's what brought me in. Mm. And that was fun. It was adventure. It was fun. We need to go back to having some fun with it to bring in new generations for this franchise to continue for another 50, 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, okay. Uh, Scott, your number three was We Have All the Time in the World. Neil, Correct. your number three was We Have All the Time in the World. Uh, my number three was Nobody Does It Better, Carly Simon. Uh, Scott, your number two was Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon. Uh, so, Neil, what's your number two? Now, I've put this high up. People, might, uh, This sort of divides people, this song. is You Know My Name, Chris Cornell. Now, I'm a big Soundgarden fan. Uh, was a big, uh, well, still am a big Chris Cornell fan and a tragic loss there. Um, it was. It just seemed a bit different. Um, just seemed a bit more rockier. Sort of appealed to my sort of demographic of music a little bit more, this one. And that's why I put it quite high. I, I like it. It's on my infamous playlist. It's the, this and uh, another one, the only ones that are on my infamous playlist. So I had to put it high because I listen to it when it ever comes around on that infamous playlist. So well, great this, song. I, this might be shocking, positively shocking, but it's my number one. Oh, right. oh, is it? Okay. Oh, there we go. I, I love Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, Audio Slave. Yeah. Chris Cornell is a man that um, transcends genre. He's I've, I'm so glad I got to see him in concert uh, before mm. he passed away. I, I've spoken to David Arnold about Chris and his work with that. Like it, it it's one of my isn't my number one song. And it's a reinvention of Bond, much like Casino Royale was. Mm. And it's as rocky as Live and Let Die, which I love. I love the rockier themes. Um, not rocky theme, rockier themes. <laughs> yeah, um, I do love the rocky theme too. But uh, yeah, I absolutely adore this song. Mm. And Chris Cornell, I mean, if you get ever have a little delve into him uh, and his music, Pav, 
Um, I know it wouldn't probably be your sort of thing, but his voice, fuck me, mm. that boy could sing. Mm. Listen to his I mean? cover of Nothing Compares to You on yeah. YouTube. Oh, my Lord. Okay. It blows you away. I have to admit, I, this isn't in my top 10 because it, I, 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 just thinking about it, I, I couldn't remember how it went. Right. So it kind of wasn't memorable uh, to me. I mean, you yes. didn't know his name. I, well done, Scott. Well done. <laughs> there you go. Ready this time. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. Um, I mean, but he, yes, he's got a great voice. It's not, uh, for me, as memorable a, a, a Bond song um, as, as others, but I say that and it's Scott's number one. So, uh, you know, but that's, that's just the way, uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. <laughs> uh, my number two, so that was your number two, Neil. Two, yeah. My number two was Skyfall uh, by Adele. So before we announce our number ones, although obviously Scott always already let us know, um, if you can... Uh, Give us a countdown from 10 to 2, Scott. Neil will do the same, and then I'll do the same. Sure thing. So number 10, we have Tina Turner with GoldenEye. Number 9, we have Gladys Knight with License to Kill. Number 8, Shirley Bassey with Goldfinger. Number 7, Aha with The Living Daylights. Number 6, Paul McCartney, Live and Let Die. Number 5, Shirley Bassey, Diamonds Are Forever. Adele at number 4 with Skyfall. Number three, we have all the time in the world. Number two, Carly Simon with Nobody Does It Better. Wonderful. Neil? So at number 10, I had You Only Live Twice, Nancy Sinatra. Number nine, For Your Eyes Only, Sheena Easton. Number eight, A View to a Kill, Duran Duran. Number seven, Goldfinger, Shirley Bassey. Number six, Nobody Does It Better, Carly Simon. Number five, The World Is Not Enough, Garbage. Number four, Goldeneye, Tina Turner. Number three, we have all the time in the world, Louis Armstrong. And number two, you know my name, Chris Cornell. Thank you. Mine is number 10, A View to a Kill, Duran Duran. Nine, Goldfinger, Shirley Bassey. Eight, we have all the time in the world, Louis Armstrong. Seven, Goldeneye, Tina Turner. Six, The Living Daylights, Aha, Aha. Five, License to Kill, Gladys Knight. Four, No Time to Die, Billie Eilish. Three, Nobody Does It Better, Carly Simon. And two, Skyfall by Adele. Uh, so, Scott, you've given us our number one, uh, or your number one, which is You Know My Name. Uh, so, Neil, what is your number one Bond song? I don't think this will come any surprise to you, Pav. It's Live and Let Die. And it's mine as yeah. well. It's mine yeah. as well. It's just a classic tune, let alone it, just a classic Bond tune. It works as a, a song separate away from, you know, the Bond theme. We spoke about other ones that do it, but this one really does it for me. It can be a Bond song and enjoy it thoroughly as a Bond song. It can be just a normal tune you hear. I even quite like the Guns N' Roses version. I mean, it's not a patch on the original, but I do quite like it. So, yes. I love it. It's one of those classic McCartney ones where it's like three or four songs melded mm. into one. You yeah. know, it's just like you've got the slow bit, you've got the... And so it's almost... it It shows you what the movie is all in one you've got a nice yeah. slow start then you've got like an action set piece then you've got it dies down a little bit more i, I love all that and and uh this is i mean it was it was my my number one bond movie because it's it really because i remember that being mine as well yeah because because it's just it, my era and it was like exactly what we were saying earlier on about daniel craig movie it's a fun movie it's mm. ridiculous in places. It just totally is ridiculous. But, but pure it's, action. P but pure action and pure fun. And um, Roger Moore and always has said, that, has that I, little wink in his eye, even though it's... Yeah, and it frightened me when I first watched this. It really that? did. All the, voodoo. The, voodoo, 
all the voodoo stuff the voodoo frightened stuff. me when yeah. I was younger. It really did. And it has Jane Seymour as well. Oh, yeah, you can't go wrong with Jane Seymour, can you? You yeah, cannot. Beautiful. And it's the only Bond song to have the gumption to have a reggae section. Indeed. There you go, yeah. What more do you need? It's got absolutely everything you need in a, in a, in a theme tune. So, mm. And when Paul McCartney plays it live now, it's a spectacular thing, isn't it? It's when all the oh, fireworks great. go off. Yeah. And it's, it's just a massive showpiece now. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's great. Okay, um, before we do our honourable mentions, Scott, you did mention that you had an honourable mention. So what was that? Well, I, uh, I'm i a big believer in there being 27 James Bond films and not 25. There are people who have different interpretations. That's fine. But I say there are 27 Bond films. And there is one film that has a song that was nominated for an Academy Award, didn't win one, which is 1967's Casino Royale with The Look of Love from Dusty Springfield. Mm. And that is a Bond song that people do not recognise, but it was made for the film, and it's a cracking track. I didn't realise mm. that that was part of that. Yeah, I've only ever seen that film once, that version of Casino Royale. Is it worth going back to? I mean, it's a long time ago. Um, is, it, is it worth revisiting? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Right, okay. <laughs> Sorry. That was a very okay. considered answer there. Because when I went back and watched Never Say Never again, um, it had moments, it was all right. But wow, weren't we ever distracted by um, Sean Connery's hairpiece in that film? His watch hair looks better in that than it does in uh, Diamonds of Forever, I'll put it that way. Okay, yeah, I'll Fair have to watch to Diamonds. Him. Yeah, but that uh, one... Mm, I've always that... said with Never Say Never Again, if you put a John Barry score and a gun barrel on it, a proper gun barrel, mm. you've got yourself a sort of, you know, mid late you know something and you're not not people's top 10s but top 20 maybe of yeah. Bond films because it's a great story it's Thunderball just regurgitated and you've got Barbara Carrera running around as Fatima Blush uh, being a maniacal henchman that we all love to watch that's right and you also got Pat Roach in you it. do oh, the, the late great Roach. yeah, yeah. Getting a all the glass in his was, eye that's yeah. right and all the glass over him yeah so the, the Casino Royale who was in that that was David Niven David, David wasn't Niven. Woody Allen in that Woody Allen's in it. Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers. is in it. That's right. Yeah, it's a it's a cavalcade of uh, of casting. Right, oh, that's a there you go. Very good. But uh, yeah, it's a mess, an absolute mess. A fun film to learn about and read about more than watch because mm. like you're so it's like knowing the rights issues and how they managed to make a Bond film outside of the Eon Productions, all that sort of stuff is fun to read about. More fun than the film. The film itself will give you a migraine. Really. Right. Yeah, I, I remember seeing clips, it, yeah. but I've never seen it all the way through. But uh... Always used to put it on, I remember, sort of Christmas or Easter time, and you'd think, oh, Bond film. And then you start to watch it, and I watched it once, and then remember thinking, oh, Bond No, let's not worry. Mm. Well, it's got six directors, put it that way. Oh, my God. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so is there, would you say, oh, this is for both of you, are there any artists out there that you think would have been great or is great to do a Bond theme that has never done Elvis, one? Elvis, genuinely. Elvis would have okay. sung a great would I mean I'm not saying he would have done it but his voice would have suited a great Bond theme I tell you I would love to have heard a Prince Bond theme I was just thinking Prince yeah I was just as you said it yeah yeah I just think he would have it, it, the because he's very good at, at well he's just very good at everything as we've, we've well, mentioned yeah, on was, various he, podcasts yeah. I just think that would have been really interesting Aqua maybe yeah maybe <laughs> Yeah, I'm a Bond, Bond girl. girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Calling Dr. Bond. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Scott, you got any others? 
see i went with prince in my head i was trying to think of something more recent but i'm not really attuned to pop music nowadays it's kind of hard to know who the current yeah, I feel people the are yeah uh, it's probably like, someone like post there, malone or yeah. someone like that i'd imagine it? taylor swifty would do one wouldn't she yeah i don't know i don't know whether she'd have the edge to do something like that she could do a country and western one she could she well, if Bond's could. going, if, if say if Bond, uh, per my pitch earlier, Bond goes back to the 1960s, we someone that's got like a classic voice to them. Mm. Who's someone who's still going? Who's maybe not the popular person, but is still going now? I mean, could Shirley Bassey come back and do one more? I would say. I mean, Tom that, Jones, if, possibly. Yeah, if they ended up doing a like a going back to the 60s, can you imagine if they did a Shirley Bassey Tom Jones duet oh, for the Lord. Bond theme? I mean, that would just that would that would be amazing. You'd have to turn it right down, though, when they were both singing, wouldn't you? <laughs> you would have to, yeah. That and final they... note would just hang on yes. forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> As the movie goes on for two and a half hours, that note is just going on and the you know, the bottom of the soundtrack. Okay, we got some honourable mentions. Carol Barwick said, I absolutely love singing The Spy Who Loved Me. Nobody does it better. Carly Simon. Vicky Polson said, A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. Nancy Bush says, uh, Duran Duran, of course, and aha. Uh-huh. Lisa Buchanan said what Nancy said. Oh, and Chris Cornell, you know my name. The song itself is okay, but the delivery is everything. Paul McCartney, Live and Let Die feels necessary to mention. Gives you the vintage Bond feels. Billie Eilish, No Time to Die, so amazingly soulful. And Carly Simon, Nobody Does It Better because, well, Carly Simon. This would have been difficult for me to come up with my top 10, but honorable mentions. Now, she says Sheila E, but I'm assuming she means Sheena Easton. She must do um, Sheena Easton. And yeah. Adele. Uh, Danny Harris says Chris Cornell, I had to uh, pull him up on this. He said, Chris Cornell can't change me, was the song, uh, from his solo record, but I believe it's the theme for Tomorrow Never Dies or something from the Brosnan era. And I actually said, no, actually he did um, Casino Royale. Uh, and he apologised, and then he said, oh, on that note, uh, I really always liked The World Is Not Enough, which was done by Garbage. Dawn Sardella Ayers said, Nancy Bush, this is the answer. As always, Sir Paul for number three, he'd be higher, but I can't take the grammatical errors. Brandon Watson, it's got to be Diamonds Are Forever, but I'm a sucker for anything by Dame Shirley Bassey. Rachel Davis, okay, how is no one talking about Adele and Skyfall? I'm not a big Adele fan, but I have to admit, that's a great song. Karen Carpenter, Nobody Does It Better, Carly Simon, Thunderball, Love the Power Sir Tom Uses, I Closed My Eyes and I Held the Note for So Long, When I Opened My Eyes the Room Was Spinning, said uh, Tom Jones. Uh, Dave Davis, Live and Let Die, at Jenks Oliver, says, If Carly Simon Isn't First, We Riot. Uh, Kareem Pastor, said The Living Daylights, and Nikki Dennis, The World Is Not Enough by Garbage. There you are. There you go. Done and done. Top 10 Bond songs in the bag. Um, so what's coming up for you and your podcast then, Scott? What other uh, top guests have you got lined up? Well, that really depends on when this episode's coming out because I might have a big uh, big news spoiler for you. Oh, well, this, this will be coming out in um, about three or four weeks, I think. So, about, yeah, about two, just mid, mid-December. Well, that's perfect then because <sighs> oh, I joining got, us. I haven't got a drum roll. If only I had oh. a drum roll on my... It's someone, it's, it, well, joining us on Spy Hards in the beginning of December is a Bond director extraordinaire. We've already had John Glenn on the show. We're adding to our director line. We've got Mr. Lee Tamahori coming on oh, wow. to talk to us about Die Another Day. Wow. Um, he's coming to the defense of his film from 2002, often lambasted, uh, but he is, uh, he's got an hour and a half with us, and it's fascinating to hear about what went into that film. Right. 
Great. Oh, that'll be a definite one to listen. I want to find out all about the invisible car and what all oh, that malarkey was. There's a lot about that. And the CG. The, the, the okay. tsunami is oh, uh, yes. a big topic of conversation. Right. That CG tsunami. Oh, that's going to be fascinating. Uh, yeah. But it is not to give anything away, but I mean, is was he? does he sort of laugh about it or is he apologetic about the, the CG or... A bit of both. Oh, really? He 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 acknowledges his limitations. Let's put it that way. But he's not he's not afraid of poking fun at himself. Oh, well, that's good. That's mm. good. We will put the links to the podcast in the show notes. So all you need to do is click on that, go and subscribe, and then you won't miss the episode. Um, and obviously, well, the, that episode will already be out, but you won't miss any other episodes that are coming as well. Uh, before we say our goodbyes. Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch and all that gubbins? Of course I will. So come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods. All sorts of rewards for you where you can be a guest yourself. Email us at top 10 pods at hotmail.com with any questions and any suggestions for a top 10, please. And you can find us on all the social medias at top 10 pods. Give us a click, give us a like, give us a follow, give us whatever it is you want to do. Check out all of the links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please do come subscribe and leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcast from. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Scott. It's been an absolute pleasure. Please pass on our best wishes to Cam. Um, and then next time you come on, if you want to come on, obviously, next time, we'll get you both in and we'll we'll find it. I mean, I think we've done Bond now. But there's nothing much we can do else with Bond. I suppose top 10 Bond moments. But you bond might want to girls, do something a bit bond, different. Bond ladies or whatever you want to say. Bond. I mean, there's a there's another great top ten you haven't done. I don't think, and that's top ten spy movies because that's, oh, that's yeah. absolutely what right. We do. We yeah. don't just talk Bond. We talk spy movies. So, I think yeah, that would be a great one to do. That would be an number absolutely... one spy hard with Leslie. Leslie Phillips. No, I don't think it's Leslie Phillips, Neil. I don't think it is. Oh, I say. Yes. Um, but that's it. So thank you very much for joining us, Scott. Uh, it's been loads of fun. Um, thank you. Uh, and congratulations on winning the quiz as well. Neil, hang your head in shame. I always do every week. You do every single week. Um, so, yes. So, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Scott. Uh, thank you for everybody for watching and listening. And let's go start the countdown. 10, 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.